Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Praise God. (laughs) How's everybody today? Good. Good to be in the house of the Lord, right? God is faithful all the time. Every day, every minute of every day. Well, I'm going to be preaching this morning out of Psalm 89. Psalm 89, 15 and 16. I was telling the early service when Pastor Steve asked me to preach immediately this verse came up. I hadn't thought about it in a long time, so it wasn't like I had been reading it, anything. God immediately came up in my spirit and said, blessed are they that know the joyful sound. I said, all right, where is that? And I had to research it out a little bit. Blessed are they that know the joyful sound. So I'm going to read it uh, out of a couple translations, and then we'll pray Out of the New King James Version, it says, Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all day long, and in your righteousness they are exalted. In the Passion Translation, it says, O Lord, how blessed are the people who know the triumphant shout, for they walk in the radiance of your presence. We can do nothing but leap for joy all day long, for we know who you are, and what you do, and you've exalted us on high. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we just thank you for the power of your spirit. God, we thank you that in your word you bring us life. Lord, I just pray that you would illuminate exactly what needs to be said today. And, God, that, Lord, we have reverence for you and your word, God. Lord, let your anointing break chains Let your anointing set us free today, and let your word transform our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I love this passage. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. In the Amplified, it says, the sound of the trumpet's blast. Blessed or happy are the people who know the sound of the Lord, who know the sound of joy, because it's a joyful sound. And then it talks about how they are filled with rejoicing all day long. It's like being at a feast and rejoicing on the presence of God. They can rejoice all day long. How many of us like to eat when you go on vacation? And sometimes it's like you're eating all day long, right? Because you kind of get up and you're like, what should we eat? And then you lounge around and you're like, well, let's think about eating. (laughs) Especially if you go to those all-inclusive resorts. Have you ever been to one of those, which I went to for the first time a couple years ago? I think I've talked about it before and how it was just mind-blowing how you get up and you're like, I can eat anything I want. I can go to anywhere. There's about eight or nine restaurants and I just walk around and decide what to eat. We were so bad that we got to the point where we had faith favorites in each restaurant. So we get up and eat an appetizer from one place, go to the next place for the main course, and then the next place that had a lot of great desserts that we both liked. So we would just order desserts there. And so we just travel and just travel around just eating. It's like feasting all day long. When you feast and you know how to find God's presence, it's like being able to feast all day long. 
He satisfies you with his presence and with his joy. The word of God says in his, in his presence is fullness, right, of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So when it says here, blessed or happy are the people who know the sound of joy, the joyful sound. And there's a difference between hearing the sound and knowing the sound. Now, hearing's good because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So it's good to initially hear, but it's something different when you know the sound. You know what that sound is. Like when my husband calls me up on the phone and if he says, hi, hon, how are you? And I said, I hear something, but who is this? <laughs> He'd be like, that's not acceptable. <laughs> I better know the sound of his voice. And there's a difference. God says, I need a people who know the sound. Because there's a trumpet blowing, whether you realize it or not. There's a trumpet. God is sounding an alarm. But do I know that sound? Or am I hearing going, what's that sound? I'm either saying, what's that sound? What is it? Or I'm saying, I know that sound. That's the sound of the Lord. It says in Proverbs 29, 18 in the Message Bible, if people can't see what God is doing, Proverbs 29, 18, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend, 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 attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. There's that word again, blessed. They're happy. They're joyful. They are blessed. The Bible says, when I can't see what God is doing. See, God is doing something, whether you see it or not. God is always doing something. And even in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of what's going on right now, in our own country, God is doing something. But if I don't see what it is, I'm stumbling all over myself. I'm stumbling. But if I attend to what he reveals in my heart, which means I'm responsible for what he reveals to me, if I attend to it, I obey what he tells me to do. I might not understand everything because the word of God says we see through a glass darkly now, right? But then we shall see face to face. There's going to be a time where we have no more questions. We, we don't have to try to seek him. We've already found him. We meet him face to face when we're in heaven with him. Until now, I have to attend to what he reveals. And what he's revealing to me, I have to attend. Say, yes, Lord, yes. What do I need to do about this? It says, I am most blessed. So blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. So number one, four things to be blessed out of this passage. Number one, I need to know the joyful sound. I need to know it. Yada is the Hebrew word. To know, learn to know, to perceive, to see, to find out and discern. So blessed are the people who find out and discern the joyful sound. To discriminate, to distinguish, to know by experience, to recognize, to admit, to acknowledge, to confess, to consider, to understand and appreciate spiritual blessings to understand the sound of the trumpet. It's one thing to hear, it's another to know. I was thinking of, um, you know, that little contraption when you have a dog called a dog whistle. And always, I was like, why can't we hear that whistle? <laughs> you blow it and the dog can come running, but no human can hear it. It's because dogs are operating 
um, their ears are made different than ours, and they can hear frequencies two to three times higher than we can hear. We don't hear in those frequencies. And even when you start to lose your hearing, you hear in, in certain frequencies, but not in others, right? You don't usually don't just go deaf. You, you all of a sudden start losing your hearing in a higher frequency or in, in a lower frequency, and yet you can hear other frequencies fine. And that's what a dog, a dog can hear in frequencies that we can't hear in. And so it is in the spirit. God is speaking at a frequency that we may not be able to hear and our flesh definitely cannot hear. But our spiritual ears need to be open so we can know the frequency that God is at. He's speaking all the time. But I've got to find out, God, where is that sound? What is that sound? I've got to know that sound. And the Bible says it. you discern that sound. Are we on the Lord's level? And what does it sound like? What does it sound like? You know, in Numbers 10, and in this word, it talks about, like in the Amplified, blessed are the people who know the sound of the trumpet's blast. Trumpets were used all through the word of God. You had a trumpet for everything. In Numbers 10, you can read it for yourself, talks about the two trumpets that God wanted them to make, the two silver trumpets, and you had a trumpet to move forward. You had a trumpet to assemble together, a trumpet to break camp, a trumpet to signal different parts of the camp. You had a trumpet to sound an alarm. You had a trumpet in times of battle. You had a sound of a trumpet in times of joy. There was a sound of a trumpet for the festivals, and there was a sound of the trumpet for offerings. There was a trumpet for everything. And you needed to know what sound the trumpet was making, because you don't want to be assembling when you're supposed to be giving an offering. You don't want to be getting ready for war. Wait, wait, here I come, when it's just get up in the morning. <laughs> there was a sound of the trumpet that they, the children of Israel had to distinguish what those sounds were. And so it is when it comes to the joyful sound of the Lord. And notice that it's a joyful sound. A joyful sound. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, are of good report. Think on these things. Wherever there's joy, wherever there's true godly joy, God is in the midst of it. So if you're listening to something and you feel worse at the end of it, you've got to question, wait a minute, God is in the joyful sound. Even when he corrects me, I end up in joy because I feel his love and I feel his protection. It's for my benefit. It's for my benefit. Psalm 47.5 says, God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. See, many times we go through things and we're like, where is God? He's on the mountain with the sound of the trumpet. And I need to go where he is. Now, he loves us. And no matter what happens, he loves us. But so many times we're where we are and we want God to come where we are when he's called us to go up to where he is. He's in another frequency. He's in another sound. He's not in the fleshly sound. He's in a spiritual sound. Also, 47.5, another translation says, God arises with the ear-splitting shout of his people. God goes up with a trumpet blast. It says, it gives us a picture. What is God doing? He arises when there's a shout. 
He arises, something happens when we decide to join in heaven's chorus because they're already sounding and we decide I'm going to join with what heaven is doing today. And it's a joyful sound. It's the sound of a trumpet. It's a sound of joy. It's a sound of praise. It's a sound of, I don't give up. I'm in God's army. It's a sound of God leads me in triumph every day. He's got the victory. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. That's the sound. That's the sound. Psalm 93, 4. And the New King James says, The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters than the mighty waves of the sea. So no matter how noisy it is, Psalm 93.4 wants to give a picture of how mighty God is. It's like, listen, I don't care how much noise is around you. I don't care what's going around you. God says, I'm mightier than those noises, which means God says, I'm louder than that. Just get to the right frequency. You'll be like, God, where are you? There's so much noise, I can't hear your voice. He says, come on up. I'm right here. I'm speaking, but he that has a spiritual ear has to hear. I'm just on the wrong frequency. I'm like, wait a minute. If God's always talking, God's always speaking through his word, through, through our spirit, through a knowing. There's different ways that God speaks. He's a lot of times speaking right through his word as you're reading that word every day. Also, at the end of the age, Revelation 8 there are seven trumpets and seven angels that are going to sound the seven trumpets. And each one of them is going to sound and the, and the first angel and then the second angel. And something happens when the trumpet is blown. Oh, there's a trumpet being blown. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And each one of these angels, each trumpet, things are struck here on earth in Revelation 8. The, uh, the first trumpet, the, the vegetation, one of the trumpets, and another trumpet, there's hail and fire. The waters are struck. The seas are struck. Things are happening. Judgment is being wielded, but it's at the sound of the trumpet. Also with the trumpet, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, I love this. Paul says in the NLT, 15 verses 51 through 53, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. So God's coming back with the trumpet. It says, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Woo! Our mortal bodies are transformed into immortal bodies. Hallelujah. We are transformed in the blink of an eye. And that is at the trumpet. That's at the trumpet. That's at the trumpet sound. We take on our glorified body. So things happen with the trumpet. The sound that God is blowing across our nation is a trumpet. It's a trumpet. It's a trumpet sound. It's a joyful sound. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. That's the fruits of the Spirit that God is doing in our lives. But we've got to hear the sound of what he's saying to be able to receive and to have the character that God is enabling us to be and do, right? I think one of the greatest 
gifts that we really need to ask for, even though all nine gifts are equal. But discernment really needs to be sought after in this day and age. I myself, I'm asking God for a greater level of discernment. It's confusing. It's crazy. It's heavy. It's all kinds of stuff. But when you've got discernment, guess what discernment can give you? A spirit of joy. Because when you can see in the heavenly realms, you cannot help but get excited. Because God is a good God and he's doing something in the midst. Yes, men love darkness rather than light, but God is in the midst of the light and our flesh loves darkness, our spirit loves light, and we have to decide, am I going to live after the spirit today? And when I live after the spirit, I can see in realms that I can't see when I'm living just according to the flesh. I die to my flesh, but when my eyes are open, a spirit of discernment can get you so happy, you just want to leap for joy. Because God is on the move. <laughs> God is on the move. God is on the move. And even if bad, crazy things are happening, he's got a remnant. Don't stop it thinking that you're the only one. You are not the only one. Elijah said the same thing, and he was a great prophet. And God said, I got thousands of others. There's, there's a bunch of others. Don't worry about it. But the devil is trying to deceive and distract so that we're not walking in a spirit of discernment. We have got to walk in a spirit of discernment. If there's anything that we need in this day and age, it's for God to reveal what he wants to reveal and for us to obey to that level, right? Attend to what he reveals. Don't worry about anything else. Just attend to what he's revealed. What's the last thing he told you that you were supposed to obey him on? Do that, and he'll give you some more. It's not a matter of really recognizing the fake. It's knowing what the real thing is, what the real sound is. It's like counterfeit money. You know, you don't have to worry about recognizing counterfeit money. You need to know what the real looks like. And when you examine and study the real, those specialists that, that you know, because they're always trying to make fake money that looks like real, but when they know the real, they study it, that dollar bill, that $20 bill, that $10 bill, that's all they need to know. You immediately know the fake. Don't give me some of that Monopoly money, because I'm not taking it. <laughs> it's not going to buy me a new pair of shoes. <laughs> There is a sound in the heavenlies, but we must hear the sound. But the question is, how do I know the sound? Or how can I tune into the right frequency? Like, how do I do it? And it's one word. Are you ready? T-I-M-E. Time. Time reading his word. Time studying. Time praying. Time worshiping time listening, but if I'm not willing to put in the time, I am not going to get the results. Anything that is worth putting time into, you're going to see a transformation, right? If every single one of us decided we're going to spend um, two hours of every day lifting weights in about a couple of months, every single one of us is going to have muscles that we didn't have before, right? 
And it's the same with the spirit. You start exercising in the spirit, you're operating with spiritual muscles that maybe you've never used before, but as you put time day after day after day, even on the days that you don't think it did anything, you do it that day and you put in time, then you're gonna start to hear and know what you didn't hear and know before. You're gonna know the sound. You're gonna know the sound. Number two, I need to walk in the light of his presence. They walk, O oh Lord, in the light of your countenance. Light, meaning lightning, light of instruction, light of face. It means simply his countenance, which gives us really his presence. His presence, walking in his presence, no matter where you are. So in order to get these blessings, I, I've got to hear the, I've got to know the joyful sound, but I've got to walk in the light of his presence. I've got to walk where God is. His pathway is here. I've got to walk where he is. I can't say that I'm a Christian and then walk another way because the word of God says, I will not be blessed when I do that. Psalm 1, bless, the same Hebrew word that's used in the Psalm 89, happy and blessed is the man who, and this gives you the opposite, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So not only do I need to walk in his presence, I have to make a decision and I'm not walking there. I'm walking here, I'm not walking there who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, those that are hostile to God, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, those that mock God, those who talk arrogantly. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, day and night, time, day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, hallelujah, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, say whatever he does, and whatever she does, shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Psh, gone. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They can't stand, they're gonna crumple nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So here it's giving you a real picture of not only is the ungodly gonna perish, but whatever they try to plant, as soon as the wind comes, it's just gonna blow them away. It's gonna blow the leaves off. It's gonna be, there's nothing worse than it's in the summertime and you're supposed to have leaves, like we found out a couple years ago, when our trees died. <laughs> it's summer and there's no leaves. Something's wrong. If it's in the winter, it looks like that, that's fine. But it's summer, it's supposed to bear fruit, it's supposed to have leaves. Something's wrong. That's when inventory has to be made. That's when you have to look at the roots and look inside and say, what is wrong here? That's not right. And so it is that we have to take spiritual inventory of our own heart and our own spirit, right? If we're just being blown with the wind and tossed, something's wrong. It doesn't mean that storms don't come. Oh, yes, they do. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't go through storms. And, you know, that's the devil, isn't it? You go through something, and he tries to say, see, you, you went through a storm, so something's wrong. 
But it, going through something doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It's because you've got somebody to go through. And on the other side, you're going to bear fruit through it. And God's going to take you and you're going to have a testimony. And he's going to show forth his power and his strength. And you won't be blown away. But it talks about, it says, walking, standing, and sitting. I can't even walk. He said, blessed are those who don't even walk. He didn't say you were ungodly. He said, you don't even walk where they are. You don't stand where they are. You don't sit. Now, if there's a pathway, you can't stand in a pathway if there's a crowd moving. How many have ever been in a crowd? You're going the way the crowd is going because the trajectory is going a certain way. So the word of God says, don't even get in that path because you're going that way. The ungodly character of those around you, you start to become like because you're hanging around them. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be a witness. It's because you're starting to hang out. And the Bible says corrupt character, right? Right? It, 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 it influences you. It influences you. God is a just God, it says in Psalm 711. God is a just God, and God is angry with the wicked every day. How many days? Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Every day. Think about that. God is angry every day. Listen, you can't agree with the devil and trust God. You can't do it. When you listen to the devil's lies, you become an accomplice to his plans. You realize that? When I listen to the devil's lies, I've become an accomplice to his plans because he's going to be able to carry out to steal, kill, and destroy because I'm agreeing with the lies that he's telling me. So God is always angry at the wicked. He stands against wicked things, but he's also a redemptive God. He loves us, but he cannot stand that wicked spirit. He can't tolerate it. He can't look at it. So we cannot play around. If I want to listen to the joyful sound and I want to know the joyful sound and walk in the light of his presence. See, that's a benefit. Those that know the joyful sound walk in the light of his presence. That means you can walk in a room. People can be doing all kinds of crazy stuff, saying all kinds of crazy things. And you're like, you know what? It's a good day. (laughs) Why? Because the light of his presence is shining on you, dear one. He made you. He knew you in your mother's womb. He formed you. He put you together in the innermost parts of her body. He formed you. He put every cell of you together. And he, you came out and he said, this is good. I made that. And you have the privilege and honor that you can choose to walk in the light of his presence. So what is is God angry at? He's angry at sin. He's angry at the devil. He's angry at lies. But you know what he's also angry with? Excuses. God is angry at excuses. God help us, Lord. Here's the wonderful, almighty God who loves us, made us, And we've got every kind of excuse that we can't obey him. Even excuses about ourselves that we don't believe in ourselves. It's still an excuse. It's wrapped up in humbleness. It's an excuse. Because anything that doesn't agree with God is pride. Moses 
was a man who was a great man. He loved God. Exodus 4. And God appeared to him and he said, listen, you need to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go and I'm going to use you. And Moses gave excuse after excuse. How many of us, we've thought up a lot of great excuses over the years, right? And Moses, he was an excuser. <laughs> he excused himself. <laughs> and Moses answered and says, but suppose they don't believe me in Exodus 4 uh, or listen to my voice. And, and what if they say God didn't appear to you? And the Lord said, what is in your hand? And he said, a rod. He said, throw it to the ground. It became a snake. I don't know about you, but if that ever really happened, like really, really, I'd be like, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you, okay. And then he said, pick it up, which I'm like, no. <laughs> he said, pick it up, and it became a rod. I mean, that's supernatural power. God's saying, okay, I hear your excuse. I'm showing you right now that I'm a God of supernatural power, and I'm going with you. And he said, now put your hand in your bosom. He put his hand in his bosom. He took it out, and his hand was leprous. And he said, okay, hide it again. He hid it again. He took it out. It was perfect. He said, I'm the God that can take something and turn anything around. I can make a rod a snake. I can make a snake a rod. I can turn your hand, whatever it needs to be. Then it will be, if they do not believe you, I'm going to give them signs. And so Moses heard this. I mean, two huge miracles. And what did Moses say? I'm not eloquent, God. Neither before or even since you spoke to me. <laughs> I love Moses. He goes, before you spoke to me, I can't speak. And now after, I still can't speak. There's a snake, but I still can't speak. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, who made your mouth? Did I not make your mouth? And then he said, who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and this is what the Lord says, I'm going to be with your mouth. <laughs> I'm going to teach you what to say. I'm going to teach you what to say. We can't say things out of our own strength. Don't be saying God said something. He didn't say it. We have to be careful. But he said again, so this was his third excuse. Oh, Lord, I hear you. I know you made my mouth. I got it. Can you please send somebody else? <laughs> please send by the hand of whoever, and he says this, whomever else you may send. <laughs> Which means, can you find somebody else, please, God? And this, something changed here in verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in having the anger of the Lord kindle, kindle. Not that it was there, it was kindling. Do you know what that word means? It actually means it, you're so angry that your throat burns and your nostrils flare. Have you ever been that mad? <laughs> you're just trying to hold it back and you're like. <laughs> God said, I'm really mad. But he was still willing to work with Moses. This is an incredible God. He said, all right, where's Aaron? 
I know he can speak well. And see, see, God would have performed a miracle for Moses and would have enabled him to speak well. Didn't he say that? He said, I made your mouth. He, he, he missed out on a miracle because of another excuse. But he said, God, before you talked to me, I couldn't speak well, and I still can't speak well. And God's like, fine. I'm going to still use you, but Aaron's got to speak for you now. And look, he's also coming out to meet you. It doesn't say anywhere else about Moses' speech after that. It didn't say God healed or didn't. It doesn't say. I'm not putting words in God's mouth. But nothing happened ever because Aaron had to speak for him. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people. So from that moment on, even though God still, you see, isn't God such a merciful God? God didn't say, Moses, you're out. I'm going to use Aaron. He's like, Moses, you are still my guy. I am not giving up on you. Do you know that God has not given up on you? He wants to use you. But you have to stop giving excuses and getting in the way of your miracle. Because he's got a miracle. Whatever he's got to heal to get you to do it, he wants to heal. Whatever has to happen, God is more than willing because he wants to use you. God said, I'm still going to use you. But now, from now on, he's going to be the spokesman. He himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. So God says, okay, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to give it to Aaron, and then Aaron's going to give it to the people. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. God still used Moses. But what kind of miracle could Moses have had? He could have spoken so eloquently if it wasn't excuses. We are professional at giving God excuses, myself included. Where God has said something, and I'm like, but God, but, but, but I can't, but I don't have this. I'm, I'm not that type of person. I, that's not my personality. Um, I'm not that person at the job. I can't say that to this and that. As long as you say it the way God wants you to say it and not in your flesh, the Spirit of the Lord will be with you. Do you realize that? You don't have to be afraid. It's all about surrendering to the Lord. Now, there's been a couple times where Moses did it out of his flesh. He beat the rock instead of speak to it. He messed up. But God was willing to use a human who is not perfect. And we've got to get the excuses out of the way. If you are blood-bought and, and you believe in Jesus as your personal Savior, you cannot use your past as an excuse any longer. Because the Bible says you are a new creation and you are born again. And that means you have a new life and the past is behind you. So you, that's not a valid excuse anymore. You're born into the kingdom of God. If you need to repent, you need to repent. If there are things in your life, you need to make it right. But no more excuses. Turn to your neighbor and say, no more excuses. Obey God. Obey God. Obey God. You know, we have to do a spiritual inventory because we can get in the way of our own healing. We can get in the way of our own deliverance. We can get in the way. I remember years ago, 
Um, we were in the middle of countdown, and back then, you just did everything if you weren't feeling good, and I wasn't feeling good, I, and I, had, I didn't know what I had, but my ear was hurting, and I was too busy. I was too busy to worry about it, too busy to think about it, and before I knew it, I got an ear infection, and it was so bad that my whole body was aching, and I went to the doctor, and they're just like, you have like a double ear infection and it's really bad. It was so bad that, and my kids used to tease me, that I, would, I couldn't hear anything, like anything. It was from an ear infection. And I, even, even after I ran the course of the antibiotics, it took time to get that blockage out. And I remember I would watch television and you know how you put the volume up and it can go up to 100? So I put it up to 100, and I kid you not, I still had to put the closed captioning on because I missed some of the words. And it was on 100. 100. Every time they talk, I'd be like, what? <laughs> You'd be like, mom! <laughs> but it was an ear infection that got so clogged up, and the time, you know, it took so much that I kept ignoring it. When we keep ignoring that our spiritual lives are getting clogged by distractions and by sin and excuses and lies and everything else. It takes time for God to be able to unclog it. But when we attend to it and put some spiritual antibiotics, they, praise God for spiritual antibiotics, put the spiritual antibiotics of the word, of the presence of God, of worship, of prayer, that's that antibiotic that can unclog what's been clogged up. It's time for us to not use any more excuses. If God can speak to somebody like Moses, he can speak to you. Stop saying you can't hear God. Don't ever say that. Don't even let that out of your lips. Say, I am a child of God, and it may take some time. Maybe it's not clear right now. Behold, we see through a glass darkly. Someday we will see face to face, but I'm going to attend to what he reveals to me. And then I always pray, God, expose what you want to expose. Reveal what I need to see in your word today. Even before I read, God, reveal what I need to see. Number three, I need to rejoice in his name. In your name, they rejoice all day long, all day long. You know, some people have a hard time rejoicing, so that needs to be a part of who I am. I know the sound, I walk in the light of his countenance, and I rejoice all day long. What happens if I can't leap for joy? And that word rejoice literally means to get up and you're violent with your emotions and spinning around. And that's the kind of rejoicing that it's talking about. In your name, they rejoice all day long. It's not in my name. It's not in my strength. When I'm overwhelmed, I don't have to rejoice in my circumstances. I'm rejoicing in his name. In his name, I'm leaping for joy all day long. Why is this so powerful? Because you're joining in what the supernatural realms are already doing. Isn't that cool? They're already doing. They're up there right now just going crazy around the throne, worshiping, saying honor and glory to the one who sits on the throne forever and ever. The Bible says in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's not based on my feeling or what I feel today. It's that he's worthy to be joyful about. 
Zephaniah 3.17 said, The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Some of us have a hard time rejoicing because we haven't got a good vision of how God is rejoicing over us. He made you, like I said before. He actually rejoices over you with singing. Do you understand that? If you can get a a grip and and a glimpse of how God rejoices over you, you won't have a hard time rejoicing over God. The God of the universe that loves you so much has a plan and purpose for your life. Right now, the word of God says he's rejoicing over you with singing. He's singing over you. You gotta tune in to see what he's singing. You better tune in to see what he's rejoicing about. You better tune in to see what he's saying about your identity and about your purpose and how he made you and how when he made you, he said, wow, didn't I do a great job? But when you disagree with that, you are an accomplice to what the enemy is saying. God is the one that made you. Like he said to Moses, I made your mouth. I'm going to give you the words to say. When you feel him rejoice over you, it's easy to rejoice Rejoicing counterbalances the pressure that is coming at you. I'm going to say that again. Rejoicing counterbalances the pressure that's coming at you. Trying to stress you out, overwhelm you, and smother you with fear and depression, anxiety, and pain, and hurt. But the Holy Spirit and rejoicing and worshiping counterbalances that pressure. I want to read you something that Tony Evans said. And I thought it was so good. It says, if you were to go deep under the surface of the ocean without addressing what's called hydrostatic pressure, your body would develop what's known as lockjaw. You'd be unable to open your jaw wide. Pressure will push against your body with such force that it won't be able to function correctly. In fact, hydrostatic pressure is so powerful that if a boat were to sink deep enough, at some point its metal would literally collapse. The pressure would crumple a several-ton boat like paper. That's why submarines are pressurized inside, to counterbalance the pressure coming from outside the boat. This allows them to sustain themselves in the pit of darkness that consume the deepest parts of the ocean, and certainly it's the only way submarines can safely get to the bottom. The Holy Spirit's role is to counterbalance the pressure coming at you from the outside world. When you're close to the Spirit, you have a counterbalance within you that keeps you from crumpling under the weight all around you. We must walk closely with the Holy Spirit to fully experience the impact of the internal pressurization he provides. His presence will enable you to stay under the water as the storms rage around you. But if you're not connecting with him, instead allowing your spirit to be swayed and influenced by everything around you, you'll eventually cave into the pressure. Because nobody can do that. No human being. We'll all cave under the pressure. If you want to avoid spiritual lockjaw, then let the Holy Spirit repressurize your life. Let him in, and he will stabilize, and he will provide that pressure. So you'll be like that submarine. It could be crazy, and that submarine's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Just see the little thing. La, 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 la. 
Then they come up to the service and you're like, there was a sub there? I didn't see anything. The sub's like, I got this. I can go down to the depths. You've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You don't have to buckle under the pressure. You don't have to get spiritual lockjaw where you can't even open your mouth. The devil wants to get you to a point where you can't even praise him. You can't even open your mouth. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is here and he is here to repressurize. Hallelujah. Stabilize you. Say, we got this. I got the Holy Spirit. It's not me. I'd be like that metal. I'd be like, not me at all. I don't like pressure. So I know it couldn't be me. But through the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit, every single one of us has access to that spirit. Every single one of us can be like that submarine. It's like, oh yeah, that's all you got. I'm good. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens when you rejoice. That's what happens when you open up your mouth. That's what happens when you praise God. That's what happens. And number four, my last point. I need to receive his righteousness and favor. And in your righteousness, Lord, we are exalted. Think about that. It started off by saying, we know the joyful sound. We walk in the light of your countenance, right? In your name, we rejoice all day long. Listen, it's all day long. All day long. When you can learn to rejoice in any circumstance and all day long, in the midnight hour, in the 5 a.m. hour, at the 3 a.m. hour, at the noon hour, at the 5, whatever day, it doesn't matter. I'm rejoicing in your name, God. And then four, in your righteousness, they are exalted, which means God is interested in lifting you up. Why? Because he can trust you at this point. You've rejoiced all day long. You know the sound, right? You, you rejoice all day long. You know the sound. You've walked in his countenance. <laughs> You've done all these things. And God says, I trust that when you are exalted, when I give you favor at that job, when I give you exaltation, when I put you before kings, when I put you in that realm of influence, now I trust you. You'll be able to open your mouth because I've taught you and I've enabled you and given you the strength that you need. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 6, it says, now, it started out, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? But then it continues in verse 6, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Woo! God is a God of favor. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what's coming against you. God says, I'm going to lift you up. You're going to be above that. And you're going to say, only you, God, because there is no way. I am not this smart. There is no way you could have elevated me except it is through your name and your righteousness. Let's stand. God lifts you up. He wants to lift you up today. He wants to lift you up. Can we just lift up our hands? And I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. 
And this goes on to say in Psalm 27, therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy. In his tabernacle, I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Why? Because he lifted you up. Some of us this morning, I really feel like you've been walking and God wants to just drop in your spirit that there is new favor coming. But with that favor, you've got to know that as you listen to that sound and as you hear that sound, you're going to be able to speak what God says to speak. But tell today, say, God, I'm getting rid of the excuses. I'm getting rid of them. God, I'm just going to obey you. I'm attending to what you reveal. So many times we can hurl great sounding excuses. And in the human nature, you could say, man, that sounded so good. That's right. You don't have to do that. God says, no, I've given you this position for you to speak my words. God wants to do that in you. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word and your power and your strength. God, I thank you that we can know your sound, that joyful sound, that sound of joy, that sound of victory. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let us have an ear to hear what you are saying, God. And when we know that sound, that sound will direct us, Father, and take us where we need to go, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. If you need prayer this morning, if you need to know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you say, I don't, I don't know, I don't have a relationship with the Lord, come on down front. We want to pray for you. We want to get you started on the right path. Or if you need prayer this morning, come on down. But I just decree and declare that as you listen to his sound this week, he's going to be with you. Amen? He's going to be with you because he loves you. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.